Hello everyone. Welcome to the second episode of Product Stories. Our guest for today's episode is Anoop Sethumadhavan. He is a senior user experience designer at Zeta and he was previously the design lead at Tapjeet. He is also a developer turned designer. I'm your host Kashik Kunli and you're listening to Product Stories. Hey Anup, welcome to the second episode of Product Stories. Uh, super happy to have you here. Thanks for having me, man. My pleasure. Yeah, I've known you for uh, since the time I started designing back in 2017. I still remember the first time we met uh, when when I had come to the office. You guys were working out of for Tap Chief, and uh, since that time, you've been someone who has. Um, help me with with my own design and at the same time help me explore the world of design and uh, and i felt that you know all the knowledge that you have that you have accumulated over so many years uh, at the same time all the design experience you have i would love to bring it in front of our listeners or, or audience um so yeah that that's that's the whole reason why you know you're here uh, and you're the very second guest of this podcast uh at the same time i would love it if you can introduce yourself uh, in your own words definitely definitely uh, so first of all congrats a lot to you for uh, coming up with this whole concept of product stories i think it'll be a lot more helpful to people who are just getting started in the design or product careers for that matter so uh so i uh, am a senior product designer right now working at zeta and uh, uh, i'm originally from kerala and uh, i did all my schooling back uh, in kerala itself and uh, after my schooling i did my graduation in computer science and engineering at uh, bitspilani and so as far as my design career is concerned i uh, started as a as a design intern at this uh, startup called advice which was actually started by a few of my seniors in college itself Uh, so advice was basically a platform which was offering uh, on demand one on one consultations for students preparing for competitive examinations in india so that's how i got uh, started in the in the in the whole uh, area of ux designing and uh, so advice later got acquired by a us based edtech firm called as hashlearn and uh, later during the final final year of my college life the the same team behind advice actually came together once again and this time to build another venture and that is that is tapchi so uh, for the last 4 years that is from 2016 to 2020 uh, i actually led the design function at tapchi where uh, i joined as a very first designer and one of the founding team members as well so so tapchi as you would know is is uh, was mainly into helping individuals monetize their domain expertise in one way or the other so uh, during the whole course of my journey at tapchief i uh, was fortunate enough to build a lot of solutions for the gig economy space and uh, the whole idea was to make the whole freelancing life cycle seamless for both the parties involved in the uh, in the life cycle that is we have freelancers on one side and we have clients on the other side right so uh, first of all we designed a marketplace module to make the freelancer client discovery a lot more seamless Uh, after that we also ventured into building an ats module uh, an applicant tracking system to facilitate the hiring life cycle as well so uh, after four years i tapchi if i uh, recently moved on to uh, zeta and uh, at zeta we are uh, right now on a mission to de- rediscover the future of payments so uh, with that kind of a mission in uh, in mind we are 
we are designing and trying to ship products and next gen tech innovative solutions for uh, all financial in institutions fintechs and other distributors for that matter so uh, zeta's core offering right now is something called as kakion which uh, through which we try to offer digital native and uh, uh, mobile banking products to these financial institutions so yeah so that's what uh, i'm working on right now and that has been my story yeah yeah i mean that's that's quite a journey uh, but before uh, you know before even the part about internship where you started working with uh, advice you were you were a web developer right and you were also studying computer science in pitsplani so how did that whole transition occur like you know studying in one of the finest engineering institutions in the country to say uh, okay i probably don't want to do uh, engineering now i probably want to get into design how did that transition happen that's that's something i would love to know sure sure okay uh so the story about that transition from web development to design actually happened over the course of i think i would say uh, around 2 to 3 years so i think i like to start uh, right from my school days uh, as far as this is concerned so that is actually when i started doing uh, web development seriously when i actually started taking up web development seriously so as i said i did all my schooling in kerala and in kerala we have this uh, concept of uh, kerala school it fest so basically uh, it is a government run competitions for uh, students to develop interest in information technology various domains related to information technology so i used to participate uh, in this particular segment of the competitions called as uh, web page designing so uh, as far as this is concerned the idea was very simple so students will be tasked with uh, building a static website so basically they'll be given a particular topic and uh, they'll be given a local system and they'll be given some resources also so the idea is to uh, give them ample time and let them come up with their own versions of a uh, of an existing governmental websites which is redesigned from scratch so i still remember when i uh, started doing this thing i used to make some rough sketches on paper and then translate them to uh, gimp before actually getting them get, getting down to code them up so gimp is what i used to do uh, use for designing back then and uh, so basically this all translates to basic wireframing and prototyping right in design terms so uh, at that point of time i was totally unaware of all of these technical terms and all of these systematic processes that involved uh, in the product design life cycle but i still used to do them in a very minimal kind of a format so that happened and that actually gave me a lot of overview into what actually goes into uh building a product from scratch i mean building a website from scratch so that happened and uh, after that i joined bispilani and i became part of this department called as uh, department of visual media uh, we, we call it dvm in short uh, so dvm actually used to uh, handle all the fest related uh, designs that is the marketing collaterals all the social media content all the uh, public facing landing pages all the registration processes mobile apps and all of those things for that matter so basically dvm was a tech uh, handler for all the fest uh, admits so i initially joined dvm as a uh, graphic designer and a web developer and the first few tasks involved, involved mostly marketing collateral social media creatives and all of those other things later on a few months into the department i start, started taking up a few more other complicated things involving uh, landing pages web applications uh, mobile applications for college fest and for some academic purposes also so uh this actually gave me a lot of uh, insights into uh 
uh, what it what it feels to feels to like work with an entire team because everyone in the department of visual media had some sort of some sort of design expertise in one way or the other so it was really an interesting teamwork uh, that we did uh, for each and every uh, project that we worked on so uh, that happened and uh, as i mentioned in the third year of college i got an internship opportunity at advice so as i said at advice i initially used to handle both the design end and the front end web development back then so uh, 6 months into the internship i actually realized that design was my forte so uh, i knew that i was never that kind of a person who could actually sit and code all day all day long anyways so and when i found that there is this branch of design that is uh, all focused on making the product user experience better i actually realized it was something for me and uh, and uh, to be frank i was actually quite lucky to have had an amazing team also who trusted me with the responsibility of uh, of the of the whole design function and a few mentors also who kind of uh, actually walked me through the tools and the whole set of processes in the in the whole product design life cycle so uh to be to be honest uh, being a designer with uh, at least some expertise in development as well i am actually quite liking the intersection here uh, primarily because of the fact that you you actually get to understand both sides of the equation right so on one yeah. side you are a designer and you get to understand the the whole uh, psychology behind the human behavior for what we are, we are actually solving for and on the other side you have understanding of the algorithms that's actually implemented to solve those uh, problems so having a good enough grasp of both of these entities i think is is really helpful in my opinion yeah yeah very very true uh, i can and i can completely relate to that as well um although like i i was not primarily i, I was primarily never a developer i can relate the the you the understanding of the need for having you know development knowledge while being a designer especially as a product designer because it it helps you empathize so much with your engineering team or your development team exactly at the same time um, yeah there there's this this happened in the first episode of product stories as well where how uh, someone started with designing started really at their college days where uh, you know you started designing a poster or you started designing uh, websites for fests or, or clubs in college right. but i think um, something what i believe from your story as well but personally as well that everyone at some level who end up in an engineering college and you know who end up becoming a designer usually have that creativity already in them it's just that uh, engineering probably gives you a lot more freedom to uh, experiment with that it you probably get a lot more opportunities with these fests and clubs to to see different sides of you which you probably couldn't have explored before which it's probably exactly similar with respect to writing which probably similar with respect to photography videography etc or creative domain for that matter yeah you <laughs> true um so i let's let's rewind back to you know the whole thing about you know you starting out in advice and you know then starting out in tap chief um so something which you know you mentioned was that the team really trusted you with the entire design infrastructure of a company uh something i want to talk about is what was it like to be the first designer in a in a startup and this was back in 2016 when the the design ecosystem in india was not as aware of 
as it is today or exactly yeah so i i would love if you could talk a little bit more about it definitely definitely uh so those so the first and foremost thing about uh being a designer being the first designer at a at an early stage company uh is the is that as i mentioned you get you get total you get complete creative freedom over the design function so uh since you are the very first hire as far as a design function is concerned you become responsible not just for designing the product you also become responsible for shaping up the the whole design culture of the company as a, as a whole entity so uh apart from the the whole product and the ux life life cycle that you will go through you'll also go through a lot of other things involving the the branding design and uh, uh defining the whole um, voice and tone guidelines for the brand and all of those other things so this really uh sort of an insightful experience for me as far as uh, uh the the whole uh, schema of being the first designer was concerned so one other thing is that uh you naturally become a generalist without even you knowing the fact that you are becoming one so the thing is that uh being the first designer at a at a, at a startup you get to work on everything everything when i say everything you get to work on everything from branding and marketing collaterals to landing pages and the product interfaces so basically you become naturally more comfortable being a generalist for at least the some of the early phase of the company and you'll be able to uh uh switch the context falls or fast also in that kind of a fast paced environment so that's another advantage of uh, of being the first designer at a company and one other thing that comes to my mind is that uh being the first designer at a place you also get to learn business along with uh the the design lessons that you learn at the company so the thing is that you get to pay, play a pivotal role in defining the company vision so the uh you actually you actually uh, naturally spend a lot of time lot of your time on some of the strategy level discussions the defining the business models even defining the goals and needs and you also spend some time pondering how to effectively use design to solve these kind of problems so that is also there and uh uh one other thing is that you also get to empathize with multiple stakeholders and you also get to think beyond your certain function that is you also get to think beyond ux uh so also the one other interesting thing is that you get to weigh all of these business goals and user goals and you also make sure that all uh, all the stakeholders derive value out of the experiences that you design for them so uh and obviously one other thing that that comes with the with all of these is that you master speed because uh as far as an early phased company is concerned the product direction will be quite fluid right so the thing yeah. is that you'll have to switch context at light speed and figuring out all the product market fit all of those other things so so naturally it comes to you that you will become a master of speed so that will that'll happen anyways and one other thing is that uh you also get to expand your creative network this primarily happens because of that uh since you are the only only designer at the at the company you might often find yourself reaching out to the wider the outside design community to find mentors uh who has who has who has actually been there and done that phase to kind of help you with your creative guidance uh the design roadblocks that you're facing some kind of peer review feedback and and team building as well right so um that is how i i i say that uh, all of these uh kind of really help you in molding yourself as a better designer and the only thing that you have to do from your side is that you have to believe in the problem statement and the company vision per se 
so that can actually keep you motivated about all the goals and keep you excited about all the all the upcoming challenges i'd say got it uh something i would like to discuss about from whatever you mentioned now was that the whole discussion about generalist uh being a generalist designer and i think we have had this discussion multiple times where um when when you are a junior designer just starting out should you aim at you know looking to be a generalist designer probably like in a startup or or even a bigger company for that matter or should you be someone who is looking at building expertise in one particular domain let's say ux research or probably even something like motion graphics right do you think it's it's a good idea for someone to restrict themselves to a particular domain or should someone probably go and explore where you know uh they they probably expert eyes at one particular thing but they they also have knowledge about various other things that's there in design right right okay so uh, for someone who is just starting out in their career yeah right i would uh, obviously go ahead and explore all the different options that is available in the uh, in, in different segments of of the design and then after that once i have uh, finalized all of their strengths and weaknesses after exploring different kind of segments then probably uh, try to dive deeper into uh, into one of them and become a become an expert of of that particular segment so uh, as you mentioned the the full stack designer or being a generalist right so uh, uh, in my opinion a full stack designer is, is not someone who just who's a designer who just codes full stack designer should actually uh, be someone who can involve himself in every stage of the product design life cycle uh, be it be it the uh, from i mean right from the research to the implementation phase so uh, normally in a typical process what happens is that uh, designers take charge of one segment or the other in the whole pdlc but uh, uh, whenever a full stack designer comes in or a generalist comes in they will be able to see the project through its execution focusing on the on the whole full picture of the project from day one itself so uh, typically actually they could have a wide variety of skills including design ui design uh, programming uh, project management copyright and an overall understanding of the whole development process so now uh, coming to your question of uh, how full stack designer becomes useful uh, i mean for how how the skills in full stack design becomes useful for a person uh, that actually totally depends upon the context right so i would say that full stack designer becomes very much useful to you especially if you are a freelancer primarily because yeah. you can add more value than uh, two specialized designers so you can be a whole team by yourself and you can deliver an entire project by yourself without uh, even involving any other person uh, for any other kind of expertise so even if you are someone who is in the uh, in a uh, product product company being a full stack designer or being a generalist uh, becomes immensely helpful there also because especially during the the design handoff the design development handoff processes so because since a full stack designer totally understands the entire process of the uh, of the whole development journey and he'll be able to to uh design the real the real concept of limitations and all the tangible goals from the development side as well so understanding the engineering concerns and providing the solutions also become a lot more easier in in this particular scenario so uh now uh as far as the skills are concerned right 
I would say a full stack designer should actually have a uh, uh, a T-shaped kind of a skill set. So basically, they should be capable of many things, and they should be an expert in at least one of them. So uh, the as far as the steps to become a full stack designer is concerned, the first thing to figure out is uh, obviously find out your strengths and weaknesses. So basically, your strengths actually form the vertical part of your skills, uh, the T skill set. So uh, after you found out that, you could actually spend some time to uh, bridge the other different skills. Forming the the horizontal part of your T skill set, so some of them could actually be uh, understanding how code actually works, uh, web programming, and uh, get a grasp of the basic web programming languages like HTML, CSS, JavaScript. So the and uh, the idea is that every new skill that you add to your skill set uh, adds exponential value to your uh, existing expertise. So. It's actually a lot lot easier for someone who is already in design in the design uh, community to become a full stack designer because for them it's all about expanding their existing skill set, right? So uh, the best way to start would be to actually uh, kick off some some interesting conversations with your engineering colleagues and try swapping your skills with them. So this can help you identify uh, one year gaps in your knowledge and also gain some first hand experience on the same contextual pieces of projects. That you guys are working on. So, plus, also one interesting thing is that, uh, as I said, traditionally a full stack designer or unicorn designer, as some people call it, uh, is a designer who codes. Traditional definition, but that is uh, that definition has kind of blurred over the years. So, code yeah. is not the only attribute that uh, actually defines a full stack designer these days. So, you can access uh, a lot of wide variety of skills, including Copywriting, uh, business competency, say user research, analytics, project management, all of them, and basically add them all to your skill set and become a uh, a better full stack designer. So that that should actually be the approach rather than focusing on just the code part of it. I would say. Yeah, come. The the interesting thing about uh, full stack being a full stack designer is that you're usually the ideal candidate as a solo designer in a startup, right? In an early stage startup. So um, I mean, this this is a discussion that we have had before, but uh, I would love to talk about it again. Where how does one decide whether you know whether they should start off as a solo designer in an early stage startup, or whether they should look to join a a good design team that's there that's already well placed right uh, so i mean this this is a common question i'm pretty sure a lot of uh, good designers who will have because i'm pretty sure there will be multiple people reaching them out on twitter or let's say linkedin uh, just to like you know bring bring them aboard as like you know the solo designer or the designer of the founding team right 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 so uh my two cents on this would actually be uh, for someone who's actually just getting started in their career right for them being a solo designer at uh, at an early stage startup would actually give them uh, a really explorative journey in their uh, early early phase of the career so they can actually spend some time figuring out which part or the or which segment of the whole product design life cycle do they get interested on uh say for example if someone finds that after spending uh, a decent amount of time with an early stage startup building the product if someone finds that uh, user research is what interests them the most 
then the next phase of their journey they can probably find a job that that suits them the most in the user research kind of a role so that is obviously there and uh, the other factor is that uh, it obviously depends upon the kind of role that you want to take up say if you are someone who prefers to work as a freelancer then obviously i would suggest that you should probably uh, go for being a being a generalist and trying to pick up as many skills as you can because being a freelancer that's what ultimately what counts right uh, you'll be able to totally replace an entire existing team uh, all by yourself and uh, uh, because of the the wide variety of skill set that you have with you so uh, i think that is uh, what totally defines the 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 type of career path or the type of route that you should be taking as far as uh, being a generalist is concerned got it uh some something more which i would like to talk about on the same topic is that um uh, you largely worked as a solo designer throughout your time in taxif and uh now you work with a huge design team in azita so i want to really know what's what's the difference what do you feel was different from the first part of your journey to the 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 journey that you're going through right now okay okay very relatable question uh, <laughs> so basically since taxi started for almost a year and a half i was the only person in the design team like i was yeah. uh, you could actually call it a design team of one i was handling the whole different multiple facets of the design function uh, from product design to marketing collaterals and social media creators so uh, on one hand you could actually say that being a solo designer at an early stage company can in fact mold your career and make you a generalist at the at the same time it actually comes with a few challenges as well right so yeah. uh, the first thing is that you live in 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 an isolated place uh, it becomes really overwhelming when you don't have a support of the or a strong network of designers behind you to kind of back your design decisions or give you some sort of uh, design reviews and stuff like that so uh, the lack of access to a design specific feedback is one other critical challenge so uh, so one thing that we used to do at tapchief is that we used to involve every stakeholder as possible since we didn't have a lot of in-house designers to give to uh, to give feedback on certain design decisions we used to involve uh, stakeholders from multiple other functions so that we can get their different views as well on the same sort of problem statements uh, that we are trying to solve so uh, one other thing that you might have to do is that uh, of making a trade off between quality and quantity because Uh, yeah. specifically because you run under very stringent timelines uh at uh during the early phases of the product market fit and you might not really have a lots of hands on on the deck also right so making this sort of a a compromise or a trade off between the quality and quantity is also something that you have to anticipate being the uh the early designer so uh being the sole designer at a company and uh, so as far as the transition from tap chief to zeta was concerned it it has it has it has been huge for me especially in terms of the team size right so uh, <laughs> so uh, zeta right now has around 30 members strong design team working on just product design alone so uh, so the interesting thing is that uh, working with a team you have a you have really a constant flow of creative ideas coming in because two heads are always better than one <laughs> so yeah. uh, you have a con- constant flow of ideas coming in and uh, the other fact is that design reviews actually become a cakewalk with a with a whole big team working with you so because the access to peer feedback is is not a concern anymore for you and you are all surrounded by designers who have the 
just the same project context as you do. So you don't really have to spend a lot of time uh, onboarding them to the project and then getting them to do the review because since they have the, the same context as you do, uh, they can they can actually uh, get onboarded very fastly and they can give you peer feedback and they'll be very useful to you as well. So, uh, so end of the day, it's it's all about a matter of preferences, right, for individuals and what what works best for your employees. So for me personally, I think I have to admit that I prefer working with a team. Uh, rather than being a, a a solo designer, so that's that's my take on it. Definitely, uh, some something which you mentioned uh, about how when you were at Tappies, uh, since since you were a solo designer, you involved a lot of other people from different domains to right. uh, for for the design review, for feedback, and etc. Right, so this would definitely involve a lot of synergy between. Uh, probably, let's say, bringing the development team on the same page, bringing the product team on the same page. So, uh, yeah. yeah. So, I, I would, I mean, uh, it would be great if you talk a little bit more about that because this, if probably there's someone who who's today working as a solo designer and listening to this uh, podcast episode, it can definitely help them. Got it. Got it. Okay. Uh, I think the. Uh, so synergizing with the uh, the engineering and the product teams, I think this is one place where being a generalist or being a full stack person has actually helped me a lot. Uh, because whenever I was interacting with the product and the engineering teams, I could actually speak their own language. Whenever I'm conveying yeah. my ideas, whenever I'm conveying my my agreements and my disagreements with them, I could speak their language so that uh, my conversation with them would actually be more effective. Than uh, if I was than what I would do if I was speaking a sole designer's language. So, plus for an engineer, it it becomes uh, incredibly incredibly reassuring to know that the designer who's sitting on the other side understands the technology that he is working on. So that's also a very uh, advantageous position to be in. Uh, so as far as I remember, one interesting thing that we have always done uh, at TapChief and something that we do at Zeta also. Is that of looping in or pulling our engineers early on in the process? So basically, we try to set up uh, design review sessions uh, with engineers as well. So alongside the, the product manager review sessions, we also try to set up the uh, the engineer review sessions as well. So how this helped us is that it it helped us set clear expectations and uh, also gave the engineers some ample time to kind of prepare themselves and start the basic scaffolding of the code even before the designs reach them. So the fact is that when when developers feel like they contributed to the design process, they they naturally put more care when they are implementing their designs. So that is a really uh, interesting kind of a place to be in. Plus, I think uh, oh yeah, one other interesting thing is that uh, the importance of building and scaling a component library, right? So that's really important, and in this context, it becomes all the more important. So yeah. So as far as designers are concerned, it it uh, helps us significantly to spend less time designing the components and focus more on the actual user experience part. It it becomes incredibly useful to the engineers also because they can actually focus more of their time on the on building the business logic and uh, uh, designing the defining the algorithms rather than actually building and refining these components again and again. So uh, this also helped us a lot in. Kind of making sure all the the developers, all the product managers, and the, all the designers are always on the same page as far as the product development was concerned. Yeah, definitely. 
Uh, again, coming coming back from the same conversation, you know, before the before this question was that you told me about how uh, the transition between uh, Tapchief to Zeta was huge because you know uh, because of the team size right. uh, precisely, right? right. Uh, but something I, I probably want to talk more about was rather than the team sizes, the whole shift in working in let's say gig economy to working in fintech, which which are you know poles apart from as as industries, they're completely different, right? right? So yeah, that, that's something I would want to know because as designers, it it plays a huge role in what industry we work on. Um, especially if it depends on to a great extent, it depends even a lot more on your personality as well as a person. Correct. And uh, how how you think and what your interests are, right? So so how is the whole transition between the gig economy to fintech? Sure, sure. Uh, the switch actually was really interesting uh, for me uh, personally, and I'm sort of really enjoying it, uh, especially in terms of the, the 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 differences in crafting experiences for a uh, for wider problem statements and uh, newer user groups. So that is what is, uh, there's a significant difference on. Um, and in very simple words, actually, uh, what we are trying to do at Zeta is uh, it's all about revolutionizing the financial processes, right? Across boards with innovative tech solutions. So uh, for example, activity activities that once needed to be completed via local branch, like uh, opening a new bank, new bank account or setting a payment, uh, receiving money, or even talking to customer service, so basically all of these are handled solely within the whole ecosystem of the app itself with innovative technological solutions. So uh, one really interesting thing was that uh, now as far as the processes are concerned, right? I think uh, FinTech heavily relies on the concept of gamification for that matter. And uh, there is this heavy use of visualization techniques also in FinTech. Uh, both of these are not heavily used as far as the gig economy space is concerned. and also, uh, on a personal note, I think there is uh, this uh, necessity of finding a connect between money and emotions for someone who is actually designing for fintech in the uh, in the space. I think that is something that is uh, that that should actually come naturally to a designer who is who is moving his career uh, career to uh, fintech domain. So that is that is there, and so. Even though there were a lot of kind of uh, learning to be done as far as the switch was concerned, I think Zeta's onboarding was actually very seamless and in fact kind of satis very satisfying also because we have an internal wiki called as uh, Minerva with very structured courseware, particularly designed to onboard the new joinees and try to upskill them during the onboarding process itself. So this helped us a lot in getting uh, really interesting insights on how FinTech works how is the company structured and uh, how does the different business unit interact with each other. So this, uh, the, so the whole concept of Minerva, along with some uh, uh, really helpful initiatives by some of my colleagues actually helped me getting, uh, get up to speed in this new environment. So yeah, I think that's how the whole switch was for me. It was really fun and really interesting and still learning things. Yeah. True. Um... So let's let's come back to our discussion of her design. Uh, I mean, fintech is a space that I would love to talk more about, but I, I think let's let's come back to design and 
where we left our conversation back so uh, another sure. question which i wanted to ask you was that uh, this is uh, a question which i want i want to be answered for myself is that uh, when when you are a junior designer let's say uh, one of the biggest milestone for you as a junior designer is joining a good company right that's that's the first milestone which you look at uh, but once you join this company uh there are so many things or so many activities which you need to start doing uh as a designer to become to position yourself to be an exceptional senior product designer or uh probably a design manager at some point right, right. so i want want to know more about what are these things that junior designers should start doing and uh what are probably more things that you know we as junior designers should start exploring in order to uh become better designers first so uh so i think as far as a junior designer is concerned uh upskilling the the your yeah, existing skill set is is very important uh so that being said uh stepping foot into some adjacent functional domains uh, becomes all the more significant because uh say if you are a ux designer uh learning a lesson or two about some of the product management uh, uh skill set really comes in handy for you so so the thing is that you need to grow your skills in breadth as well as in depth so while depthening comes mostly through the practice part broadening the the skill set is mostly about collaboration or even getting the right mentorship so uh getting the mentorship is, is very critical so something that has me personally was that i was part of this uh, non profit uh, design based organization so uh, there is this organization called kerala designers collaborative that i am part of so uh, these kind of uh, non profit organizations actually uh, for me personally it gave me a lot of opportunity to kind of understand and discuss how designers across different industries work so basically the kind of processes they adopt and the kind of problems they try to solve since all of these people are coming together under under a single single umbrella the the kind of learning opportunities you have is is like immense so working with people outside your office space or even your close networks so that itself is a huge opportunity to kind of learn and adapt yourself as a uh, uh into a better uh, uh better designer than being a just a uh just a junior designer yeah great uh i mean uh as you spoke about the non-profit organization you worked with uh i think we it would be great if you probably talk a little bit more about that and Uh, how how the whole process happened and at the same time uh, i'm i'm pretty sure you you met some really good designers as well there so uh, a little bit more about that a little context about that would be great definitely definitely so as i mentioned uh, i have been part of this group called uh, kerala designers collaborative for the past few years so uh, so kerala designers collaborative we call it as kdco uh, in short so kdco basically is a collective of uh, uh, of all creative people like designers illustrators graphic artists and other creative professionals from kerala to kind of facilitate uh, an event platform for discussions debates and for creative creative collaborations happening uh, in the design discourse of kerala so that was the that's the whole idea of having this sort of a collective so it uh, a bit into the history of this it actually started as a after a behance review meet that happened in kochi a few years back so yeah. right now it's a it's almost a 10000 member strong community 
and uh, i personally am very fortunate to have contributed some of my skills and expertise in one way or the other towards the whole growth of this uh, this community so i should i think uh, there are a lot of brilliant there's a lot of uh, people involved and there is a brilliant team involved in uh, involving people like uh, hiran anand uh, devi prasad melvin who are actually running the show behind kedico so for me personally right so during the course of last few years at uh, with kedico i got opportunities to actually work on really interesting projects so the first thing that comes to my mind is uh, uh, a cam- campaign called 30 days of malayalam letters uh, which we rolled out in two different editions in 2017 and 2018 so it was actually a campaign inviting designers illustrators photographers and basically all artists right all people who is involved who are involved in the domain of art to come forward and visualize the different letters in the malayalam language one letter per day so say every every day would have a theme i mean in terms of letters and the participants could actually go ahead and represent the letter form in any sort of creative format they wish so both of these editions that is the 2017 edition and the 2018 editions we actually saw a huge number of people participating in the events not just from kerala but even from foreign countries so that was a really uh, interesting sort of a sort of an experience for us as organizers of the of the program and one other thing was that uh, interesting project that we worked on was during the kerala floods of 2018 so uh, we actually came forward to uh, build uh, an initiative called as skill for kerala so skill for kerala was actually a, a system where designers and other uh creative artists could pledge a specific amount of your amount of their time in terms of hours for a certain service and donate the fee to the uh, chief minister's distress relief fund so say th- basically what we did was we facilitated a discovery platform where people could actually pledge their time and clients who choose to work with these designers can actually come to the platform and make the payment directly to the uh, the chief minister's distress relief fund and send the certificate of acknowledgement to the person concerned and then the the work could be taken up uh, offline and the after the work is done the 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 amount could be transferred accordingly so this is an interesting initiative that uh, all of us came together to build during the uh, the the whole flood season and i think it it actually uh, may help us make some sort of an impact uh, in terms of what we can actually do for the community right uh, not just the design community but the wider community in that that aspect so i mean to sum it up i would say that the best part about being involved in such collaborative activities is that you get to understand wider perspectives of things not just functional but also the structural aspects of it right so you also get to work with people uh, outside your functional domains as i said and uh, they can that can of course uh, expand your skill set the the and uh, and of course the kind of learning opportunities that you have also is is immense in that kind of a domain so yeah that's how it has helped me personally to grow up as a designer with uh, by getting involved in the collaborative activities that's that's really good to know especially the the whole uh, story about how um, you created something for um, you know the flood relief and everything uh, that's that's really nice and I, and i think as designers we should uh, you know start looking more towards uh, creating a lot more impact towards the, the the smaller groups of society around us um, beyond our you know day to day activities as you know a designer in a company or an agency etc 
right exactly uh, because so actually, that is what matters yep yep i i think that yes. that pl- that plays a huge role in how you shape yourself as a designer at the same time uh the level of satisfaction you also get from your work exactly the point yeah yeah great so i've actually reached the end of my questions uh so the next thing is uh, i usually end all my uh, uh podcast episodes with a rapid fire question five rapid fire questions oh, wow. so <laughs> <laughs> so we can start when when you are ready Sure, sure. Okay, so the first question is uh, your favorite designer. Ah, uh, I think Lou Brobelski. Okay. Ah, uh, so uh, primarily because of the fact that he ah uh, ah uh, so the mobile first guidelines and the mobile first book that he has come out with, I think it has really helped not just me but a lot of designers to kind of make make a paradigm shift in the way they think. so basically when you think mobile first it's it's all different right uh, compared to the the web based architecture that you are thought of so i think that he, with this kind of a uh, a paradigm shift i think he has been able to make a lot of influence not just in terms of uh, the the work that he does but in terms of the work that other people also do as far as designers are concerned so yeah it would be it would be him for me great uh, second question dribble or behance uh i think behance primarily because of the fact that on behance you get to um get to like sort of explain your work in more detail because i think a design should not just be eye candy right uh, a design becomes all the more important when the designer spends enough time to kind of walk the users or walk the audience through the kind of design process that they they've come up with So I think Dribble uh, right now lacks in in that kind of a, a feature set, whereas Behance is particularly made for that kind of a thing. Plus, uh, uh, yeah, that's it. So I would say Behance over Dribble. Great. Okay. Third question. Favorite design book. I think uh, Don't Make Me Think would be the favorite design book. Okay. Fourth question. Code or no code. No code any day. <laughs> for for some reason, I thought you would uh, pick code. For some reason, I thought you would pick code. Not really, no, because see, I have actually been there and done that phase, and I actually know what it what it takes to become a become a coder, and what it how how much pain one has to go through to actually uh, make a website up, for that matter. so i don't really want the entire user community to kind of suffer because they have to go through an entire complicated sort of life cycle to to uh make their products come live or make their visions come live so it would be no code any day yeah i think it's today it's not difficult even with respect to code it's not that it's difficult to get get a website up up or something but rather it's difficult to do the whole thing about website right like something as simple as ensuring uh, there is a proper accessibility ensuring that uh, the seo is pro- right the performance is proper becomes a lot more difficult in code and it becomes so much more simpler in something like webflow correct correct because you have a comprehensive platform where all the all these different things are automatically taken care of right rather than you going ahead and finding third party solutions to plug in 
uh, each of these core each of these core modules individually. You have a comprehensive solution, and that that's obviously more better than uh, going with a modular kind of an approach. Definitely. So uh, the last question. Uh, one thing you wish you knew uh, as a as a designer when you were just starting out. Okay. Uh, I think it would be to be more observant, I guess, because uh, so basically one thing that all designers should ultimately have, what I think is that the quality of empathy, the being 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 able to empathize with all of them, right? Not just your users, but all the stakeholders involved in the design process. So I think being observant can actually uh, make you a more empathetic person, not just towards your users, but actually towards the business and towards the actual solution, uh, the, the solution to the problem that you're building. So I think being observant, if I were more observant when uh, I was just starting out, I uh, could have been a better designer, I guess. Yeah. I, I guess we all learn through our own experiences at the end of the day. Exactly. Right. Great, man. Um, thank you so much. Uh, this has been a great episode. Uh, and it, it has been a very insightful episode to be honest. And at the same time, uh, there was a very diverse discussion of topics that we went through. Um, I, I had an amazing time talking to you, uh, discussing about uh, all the all the aspects of design, the fintech world, the gig economy, working as a solar designer and working in a design team. So yeah, uh, it, it was a great, uh, great experience for me. And I hope you enjoyed it as well. I'm pretty sure the listeners will have a lot to take back from this episode. Yeah, my pleasure, man. I mean, I totally enjoyed the conversation. It has been quite long also since we, since we caught up. So yeah, I think it has been really insightful for me also. And yeah, really enjoyed it. Yeah. Thank you so much, Anu. Thanks a lot for having me, man. Thank you so much for tuning in. Make sure you like, share and subscribe to Cloud Stories for more such episodes.